right here? Okay. Evangeline <laughs> uh, Shade, I am from the Dallas East region. Yeah. First, I just want to thank Adam and Bethany for letting me share tonight. Yay. I'm grateful for them. And uh, the topic that I have is joy of singlehood. Yeah. And uh, I've been a disciple for 15 years. Uh, coming up on 15 years, and seven of those years, I've been in the singles ministry, and I love it. Love, love, love it. Uh, just a little bit of background I would love to share. Uh, in the next slide here, let's see, I put pictures together. There you go. I'm pretty excited about my pictures, y'all, so I hope y'all like them. And uh, I was baptized in the teen ministry. That's right. I was converted and reached out to in the teen ministry. And that's the picture to the left there uh, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. That's right. Raise your hand if you've been to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Good chunk of you. All right. Okay. For those that haven't, shame on you. You should go visit. There's a great church there. They're also looking for move-ins. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the next picture, I went to, then I graduated. I went to New Mexico State University there in Las Cruces. That's the campus ministry there. And Got my degree in secondary education in mathematics. Fancy word of saying for being a high school math teacher. Uh, so I got my degree in that and I actually taught high school math for a year. That's what I did. And I was one of those uh, people in the campus. I actually couldn't wait to get out of college. I wanted to be in the singles ministry. I felt like the shackles of college was holding, you know, uh, and I was finally released. And uh, being able to actually start my life, that's how I felt the college was preparing me to. And uh, so it was during that time that I realized I felt called to the full-time ministry and God opened the doors to be, for me to be in the Rio Grande Valley. Woo! It's in the next slide there. Got a picture. Oh, oh, wait, back, back. Oh, ooh, how fun. Anyways, so I'm in the Rio Grande Valley. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's to the west of you guys, right? Uh, so that's the Rio Grande Valley, the campus. I also led the campus and singles there for three years. Who's been to the Rio Grande Valley? Raise your hand. All right. Okay, for those that haven't, shame on you. There's a great church. They're also looking for move-ins. Got to represent my small churches. Uh, I understand. <laughs> All right. And then about three years ago, I moved to Dallas. Uh, for a couple of years, I worked with the youth and family, so worked with the teens, and then uh, for a hot second, I worked with the singles. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then currently, you can't quite see their blurred faces, but I work with, you know, they're hidden for a uh, reason. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. They're, they're, uh, they're great kids. Uh, I work with the Dallas East Campus Ministry now. Uh, I've been doing that for four months coming up on four months, and I love it. I've been in now in the full-time ministry for coming up on six years, and I, I love what I get to do. I love it. And uh, so I have the privilege of sharing of joy of singlehood. I want to first share just my simple joys in life, uh, starting with just going on road trips, exploring. I love to hike. And actually, all the pictures that are taken, I, I took them or I'm in it. Those are pieces, places I've been. So all the sides, if you, when you see the pictures, I've actually been there. Because I'm from Virginia, from Albuquerque, and then Japan. My mom is from Japan, so that's where it's at. So 
Um, I love it. I love being able to explore. Another thing that I love is coffee. Uh, coffee brings a lot of joy in my life. <laughs> I love to read, so there's some, you know, that book's a little too big for me, but um, I love to read. And then for the last couple of years, I've had a great joy in my life, which is my dog, Boomer. He cute, right? He models on the side. He's great. I uh, love my dog. He brings a lot of joy. Uh, but on a deeper level, I want to share with you my first joy, the deeper level that really anchors me is uh, the first one here is doing God's work. If you could go to John 4, verse 34. It says, my food, said Jesus, is to, the, uh, to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So here Jesus found satisfaction, found fulfillment, right, in doing God's work. He felt satisfied and full. And that's how I feel. I, and I know I show pictures about the ministries that I, God's allowed me to serve. And I just feel so, I feel I get my joy from that. Just being able to witness God's miracle in the front lines, right? To see people's heart transformed by God's word and you're like, I don't know how it happened. You know, and it's amazing. Their lives completely changed. And uh, I don't know, but, but that brings me so much joy. You know, it makes me feel like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? This is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm made to do is to glorify God and do his work. So, that's probably one of my biggest joys, doing his work. But however, I have some joy stealers. One of my big joy stealers is comparison. Right? Can you relate? <laughs> um, you know, I feel like, well, you know, maybe they serve differently, right? Well, the way I lead is different. Or, I don't know, I could feel like somehow I'm less. By looking at other people in their life, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I was really wrestling with this. I was letting comparison steal my joy. I had, uh, I lost my dad three years ago, and that was one of the big things. And and uh, so I was feeling it. I was like, man, like I lost my dad. My mom lives in Japan. I'm single. I don't have family here. And I was just kind of like in this one, like God, I feel like I got the short end of the stick. When my friend over there is married, has kids, has a house, I'm living in an apartment, and she's younger than me, right? Can you relate to that, right? <laughs> and I was feeling, and I was, and I was letting bitterness get into my heart, and uh, and I, all my joy was getting sucked out. And uh, and I was talking to a sister about it, which is a good thing. I was talking to a sister about it, and one of the things she had told me that really, and it's it's. You know, she told me grass is greener on the other side. And you've heard that, right? But it really helped me realize, and that's the thing, like, okay, it might look different, but does it make it better? Right? My life is not going to look like my best friend's life, who's married and has kids, but does it mean her life is somehow better? Right? And, uh, and you know, for those that have married friends, you know they got issues, too, that, I, you know, we don't have sometimes. Right? Um, right? The thing is, we all have issues, we all have good. In other words, one doesn't make it bad or good, right? Just because marriage is good doesn't mean single is bad. Marriage is good, single is good, 
They're both good. It's different, but does it make one bad or good, right, or better or worse? And that's what I really had to think about. And the comparison was taking that joy, my good away, right? I was not seeing the good in my life. And one of the danger I feel like of comparing in Ecclesiastes 6, verse 7, it says, everyone's toil is for their mouth, yet their appetite is never satisfied. And I think that's the danger for me is I could get in this trap. In other words, it will never be good enough. I will always find another, I guess, you know, fence to look over that will be different and I think it's better. Right? And, and I, I'll continue to let it steal my joy away if I'm not careful because I would never be satisfied if I keep doing that. Uh, so I just realized, like, I need to stop comparing. I, I know I catch myself, like, okay, I need to stop comparing. It might be different, but doesn't mean I can't enjoy what I have. Instead, uh, what I decided is I'm going to dream big, right? Because I said my joy is to do God's work. So I'm going to dream big. What do I want to do to serve God? You know, and I encourage you, sisters, what do you want to do to serve God? Maybe you want to start a Bible talk at your work. Do it, girl. Get it. Right? Maybe you want to go on foreign missions. Do it. Go for it. Obviously, get advice and get, you know, pray a lot. But but why not? You don't have to, like, you don't have to wait till marriage, right? You're not on hold. Go for it. Uh, and, and I and that's the way I think. I know that's one of my big dreams is to go on foreign missions. Why not? I want to serve God. And and I, I can, right? Why not? My second joy is walking with God. And it's a quality that's noted a lot in Genesis, right? It's like so-and-so, they walked with God for this many years, right? Um, in Philippians 3, verse 7 through 9, it says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. One of the things that a, a brother told me that really stood out to me is he said, you know what, Emily's success is walking with God. And I could forget that. And I always remind myself because I could start looking, well, did I, do I make enough money? Do I have the right title? Am I supposed to be where I'm at at my age, Right. You know, I should have a house by now. I should have my retirement set. And I could start, what degrees did I get under my belt, you know? And I could start thinking those are successes. But really, in the Bible, what you see success is walking with God. And that really helps me to ground to like, okay, am I walking with God? Then I'm doing it right. Right? In Ecclesiastes 2, verse 24 through 25. Person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in, in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without Him, who can eat or find enjoyment? And I realize that without God, I can't even enjoy what I have, right? But in other words, I need God to enjoy. I need to walk with God so I can enjoy what He's given me, even in my toil. Doesn't take the toil away, but in my toil, I could enjoy life because I have God. He makes my life good. Not the circumstances, not the things that I think I need or want. Not 
quote unquote, the successes, the success levels, right? But him, me walking with him allows me to enjoy and have joy in my life. Uh, something that really helps me that I really strive for at the end of the day is gratitude. Doesn't get old. <laughs> um, one of the things I like to do, I, I pray on my couch. That's probably my, my favorite spot. I pray on my couch. And I look at my apartment because I really love the apartment I got recently. And I think uh, what I, when I start praying, I, I start off my prayers with things that brought me joy, either the day before or that morning, right? Because whatever I found joy in, whatever I found enjoyment in yesterday and today, it was because God allowed me to feel it. So I thank God every morning about what brought me joy. And it could be simple as, man, I really like that decoration I got. Thank you, God. I enjoyed that yesterday. Like, it's simple, I know, but it helps me enjoy it. And I'm thanking God that he's allowed me to enjoy it because he is the one that allows me to enjoy it. And just kind of on the side note, find, you know, I think finding a hobby is huge for me. You know, I'm like, man, I'm going to have fun with God. I'm going to make memories. Walking with God, I could go hiking with God. I love having coffee with God. That's my thing, as I said. Uh, I'm going to start gardening. I'll let you know how it goes. But because I'm going to have fun with God because I get to walk with him. And lastly, uh, in the last picture here, oh, I can't quite see it, but this is my favorite picture of me and my dad. And, uh, and I love it because I feel like it describes um, how I view God in, in my relationship with God to a T, like perfectly. Um, is I feel like God's holding me and he's allowing me to explore his creation. You know, and, and that, he, that he's revealing to me his plans for me. But he's holding me right there, right? And I love it. And that's just the way I view my relationship with God. And now if he decides at this point, you know, to, to bring a spouse, you know, into my life while I'm doing this, that's good. But this is good too. Right? If I, you know, if he gives me a house, that's good. But this is good too. Like, no matter what comes, this is really good to me. And it doesn't matter because this is what I have. And I love it. And I know that as long as I have this and have he, him holding me, I'm not going to be swayed. I'm not going to be shaken. He's going to keep me steady on the right path. I won't be tossed by the the waves of the world, because as long as I have this, God is truly the anchor for my joy. Thank you. Wow, I got to follow that up. So my name is uh, Auntie Lee. The T stands for tie. It's not just a T. So I just put that up there because uh, one of my, my good friends that lives in Seattle now was like, Auntie, you're an auntie, but you're a male. You know, I get it. Uh, so today I have the, uh, the privilege of talking about physical fitness. All right. And so uh, physical fitness is something that is, is very near and dear to my heart. You know, I, I like to be able to do a lot of things with my body, be able to, you know, overcome obstacles. That's one of the things I'll, I'll touch on later. 
Uh, the definition, according to Google, fitness, physical fitness, is uh, the state of health and well-being, more specific, the ability to perform aspects of sports, occupation, and daily activities, generally achieved through proper nutrition, moderate to vigorous ex exercise, and sufficient rest. And today I'm going to talk more on the exercising part of it. I mean, you can spend like years and years talking about physical fitness, but I'm going to really focus on that. Uh, go ahead, uh, next slide, please. So a little bit about me is that I was baptized October 29, 2006 in Austin, Texas. Hook em. And uh, uh, after, you know, I graduated in 2010. After that, I went on the, the one-year challenge in Johannesburg where I served as the, basically the campus minister. I was a campus intern, but I also worked with the teens as well. Uh, if you've never been to Johannesburg, two things to know. It's really dangerous there. So, like, don't hang out at night and drive around and, you know, aimlessly and whatnot. But two, it's the, the altitude there is, like, crazy high. And so when I first got there, I'm like, man, I'm fit, right? I'm like trying to find a, a substitute for football because they play rugby out there. They don't play football. Their football is soccer. So uh, I was out there and I was running around and I remember just breathing like this and I was like, am I getting sick or what's going on? And, you know, if, if you've ever been to like Colorado, you know, somewhere that's really high in elevation, like that's, that's what it was. And also there, the, it's beautiful. And it's not like Houston. I'm from Houston right now. And uh, they have hills, hills and mountains in Johannesburg. Houston, there's like a mound, you know. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've been part of the, the singles ministry for uh, five plus years, going on six years. Uh, uh, October will be 11 years as a disciple. Um, and uh, if you're wondering who I am, why am I talking about physical fitness, I'm a little short Asian guy that looks like, you know, he just can't do anything, right? So, uh, so. Uh, so, uh, I, know, I, I know some of y'all thinking that. Y'all like, who is this guy? Where's his muscles at? So, right? Okay. All right. Uh, all right, ne next slide. So, currently I'm working as a, a firefighter EMT with the Houston Fire Department. Uh, that's, that's me right there. I'm a, oh, thanks for the flashes. Thank you. Uh, that's me right there. Uh, there's a. There's a school that came by, and I and I was the I was the, the rookie at that station, and none of the rook, other rookies wanted to talk to the kids, and I have a, a background in teaching, and so I was like, well, I guess I'll do it, and so I had to give a little demonstration to this little boy, how to wrap a, how to wrap his arm up in case you know something happens to his arm. Uh, right there is when I graduated. That's my sister, uh, graduated from the fire academy. Uh, I've been a firefighter for three plus years. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. It's awesome work. Uh, a little, a little side note. I know you guys heard of Harvey. Uh, Harvey was. I was working when Harvey hit that Saturday night, and it was pretty nuts. Uh, we we were definitely blessed on our side of town, where there was flooding, but it wasn't substantial flooding like you saw all over the news. But it was still crazy. People just were in need. They were calling. There was. Uh, on a typical busy day for the in Houston, people call 911 about a thousand times, and so you know that's that's pretty that's pretty high on a on a regular day. Um, at the peak, I believe they had six thousand calls in a single day, and so when you would call 911, you would have to wait two hours to get someone on the other line, and so and so sometimes we would respond to a location, 
And they were like, oh, yeah, we already, they already left two hours ago because we called two hours ago. So it was, it was, it was pretty crazy and surreal just being a part of the news. You know, sometimes you watch it on the news and you're like, man, that's crazy. And then you realize you watch the news, you're like, wait, that's me. That's where, I, that's where I'm at, you know. Um, so uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. So a little bit about my, my, my background is that I grew up, I played all kinds of sports. All right, so as a little kid, I did martial arts. I don't remember martial arts anymore, so don't ask me if I know martial arts. Uh, I grew up, I grew up uh, playing football, basketball, ran track, cross country, tennis. When I was a kid, I played a little bit of soccer as well. Um, and so, and so, you know, I, I've always been active, you know. So that, that's that's kind of my background. And lately, I've been, uh, I don't know if you guys heard of uh, American Ninja Warrior, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's my latest hobby. Um, and so right there, the picture on the left is, is uh, me in my firefighting gear, and that's a 14-foot, 14 14-foot, 14 I think, 5-inch warp wall. And it took me like 100 tries, no lie, to get that, because the gear that I had on was about 30 pounds, and then the, 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 that's a, those are actual fire boots that I'm in. And those things aren't meant to be running. You, you're supposed to walk in those shoes. And so, and so I would run up the wall and fall down. Run up the wall and fall down. Run up the wall and fall down. And finally, it was for my submission video. I got up there and I grabbed it. And I literally had like two fingers on it. And I held on. And I was like. <laughs> and I was so ecstatic when I, when I did it. And I've never done it since then. I haven't really tried. But. And in that picture on the right-hand side is uh, last year. On uh, I, I competed in season seven and season eight. Season eight was last year, um, and th this was in OKC. If you can see the little Indian in the background, it's in OKC at the state capitol. And uh, I qualified for Vegas last year, uh, which was to me was an you know accomplishment that I'm really proud of. Um, thank you, thank you. And so and so along the same lines. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Along the same lines, uh, another hobby that I have is Spartan races. Show, show of hands, uh, you know, if you know what a Spartan race is. Okay, about, about half the room, okay. So what a Spartan race is, is a, is a mud race. So it's, it's a run uh, through mud, through obstacles, and you have obstacles to do. And they have different levels, they have different tiers. So they have the sprint, which is, you know, three to five miles. They have the super, which is, you know, eight to ten miles. They have the... The, the beast, which is 11 to 14 miles, and then they have the ultra beast, which is 26 plus miles, which is, which is the race that myself and Gabe did. Uh, Gabe was up here earlier, and you can see him in the picture. We're, we're, we're looking down, because right there, that was about the halfway point, and we were, we, were, uh, we, were, we were pretty dead at that halfway point. And so this race consists of exactly what you see on the screen. You know, it's 26 plus miles, 60 obstacles. The obstacles range from, you know, maybe a small hurdle to climbing a cargo net, climbing ropes, uh, atlas carry, which is like this big, you know, big sphere of stones where you have to carry it, and you carry it to another side, do five burpees, and then come back, bring it back. And, and the worst part about the Spartan race is that not the, not the obstacles, it's the penalties, all right? So when you fail an obstacle, when you fail to do an obstacle, you have to do what, what you call a burpee. Y'all know what a burpee is? All right, a burpee. Here, here, here's a burpee right here, all right? So you have to do 30 of those. 
All right? So I don't know if you've ever done burpees, but after you do 30 burpees, you're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, I think I'm going to die. And then you have to actually run. You have to continue running after you do those 30 burpees. All right? So those things are killer. No matter how, how good, of a, good of a shape you're in, like, you're going you're gonna to definitely feel it. Right? So, so during this race, like, you know, when we signed up for it, we were like, yeah, man, I think we can do it. So we signed up for it. And after I signed up for it, I was like, what did I sign up for? Because I've done marathons. Before. I've done two marathons. And I told myself, I'll never do another marathon. Because it was, it was awkward. So now, I'm doing, I, so now I'm doing another marathon with obstacles, right? And in this one, I didn't know it had so many hills. So right there, you see 80% was up or downhill. It was probably closer to 90%. Um, and so it was, there were no breaks. Like, there was no regular breaks. It was either uphill or downhill. So, so we started off the race, and we are like, man, this is awesome. I remember me and Gabe, we got to the first obstacle, and it was uh, literally a hurdle. And Gabe was like, no hands, bro, no hands. I was like, Gabe, we got 25 more miles. You, gotta calm, you need to calm down. All right. So, so uh, we started off, and we hit the first hill, and we're praying. You know, we're like, God, please let us through. You know, we're, we're just, you know, we're praying, and all we can do is hope and pray and just rely on God, you know, and, and uh, so we, we, we got to a point where it was like, it was, it was really fun and it was joyful and we're looking around and we see mountains. I'm like actually seeing mountains because, you know, I'm from Houston. So the mountains are like, the mountains are huge and, and you see the mountains and you see the clouds touching the mountains and you're like, man, I am so small. God is awesome. Uh, about, uh, about the fourth mile, it was all uphill. It was literally, no lie, the slope was like this, right? And so... I, I was timing it the whole time, and our fourth mile took us 47 minutes. So, so, so put, to put that in perspective, walking a mile takes about 20 minutes to walk a, a mile at regular pace, right? So it took us 47 minutes to go up a mile on this hill. And around the seven-mile mark, I caught a cramp right here on my quad, right? And so Gabe and I thought we were smart. We had the little hydro packs. And I put, uh, I put Pedialyte in there so I wouldn't cramp. But seven miles in, I started cramping. And, uh, I, you know, I started feeling it. And it didn't really bother me, per se, too much. And I just kind of kept rubbing it, kind of kept stretching. Uh, about mile 11, there was an obstacle called the sandbag carry. All right. So, this, so typically the sandbag carry is 45-pound sandbags. And, you know, you're, you're carrying it up a hill, down a hill. So for some reason on this one, they wanted to give us a 60-pound sandbag. So... So that's almost half my body weight, right? So, so I got it on my back and I'm carrying it. And you go, first you start and you go down a hill, right? You go down a hill and then you go up this hill. And then there's this like a little ledge step where I kind of step up. And I'm like, all right, we're, we're good. That's the last hill. Then I go and I go down a hill. And then I'm like, wait, there's another uphill? And so as I'm going downhill, my quad starts kind of shaking like this. And I'm like finish this race like I just I just don't know like this is this feels terrible you know and it, and it, it literally felt like there was an animal trying to escape out of my muscle <laughs> like it was gonna like it was jump like I thought it was gonna jump out my leg and then so you know I got done with it and I'm like so so me and Gabe at the time and you know Gabe was like man we're good we're good we keep going we keep going and then uh so we were burpee free up to that point and then we got to the spear throw right so the spear throw is a, a simple obstacle. You just have a spear. You throw it into a bell. Hey, if you miss it, you got one try. You miss it, you got 30 burpees. You know, there's, you know, you, you either miss, you make it or you miss it, you know. 
And so, uh, and so Gabe throws it, and he misses it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, we're going to have to do burpees. And so I grab my spear, and I throw it, and I scream. Typically when I, when I do an obstacle that I think is hard, I'll go, ah, right? Just because I, I think it helps me. So, <laughs> so, so don't judge me. Right? Don't judge me. And so when I threw it, I thought for sure I, I was short. But I hit it, and I, had, I made it six inches above the bottom, and it stuck. And I was like, no burpees for me. Uh, there was a... So, uh, so, so there was a there was a race that we did earlier in the year in Houston. We had about 15 disciples come out, and we did we did the Spartan race in Houston. And uh, Gabe and I did burpees like with everyone, like anyone who failed the obstacle, we would do burpees with them. I was like, Gabe, you on your own, bro. <laughs> you you on your own with this one. And so, uh, so, so, so after we did that, we got to the halfway point, and uh, that's the obstacle right before like the gauntlet of obstacles at the end at the halfway point, and we're hurting. I mean, we're looking down because we're scared we're going to fall through the holes, but we're also looking down because we're just tired. We're just tired, right? And so we, so the, the race is so hard that at the halfway point they have a tent where they have, where, where you're able to drop off food and drinks and supplies and change clothes and sunscreen up, you know, off spray, all that stuff. And uh, so we sit there, I'm like, man, we're going to we stretch for like two, three minutes, right? And then so... We're in a tent, and we're in a tent for a long time. Gabe, Gabe's stretching. I'm stretching, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stretch my quad. And so I try to stretch my quad, and I get on the floor. Then my hamstring cramps up. And I was like, I looked at Gabe. I was like, I don't think we're going to finish this race, bro. You know, and so at that point, we're just, we're just hoping and praying, and we're just, we're just holding on to the fact that if we continue just putting every, you know, one foot in front of the other, that we're going to make it through. You know, and then so about 20 minutes at, in the tent, we decide, hey, let's go, right? And so we start, we start running, we start running. We hit the first hill. Gabe comes up with a brilliant idea. He's like, hey, bro, what about we do walking sticks? I was like, all right. And so we're like looking around the, the woods, and we found, we find sticks, but we find these really big sticks, and we're like walking around like a cane, like just the third leg, walking around. And believe it or not, I don't know if it, was, it, it really helped us, but. I believe it really helped us at the end. You, you'll see a picture of our sticks crossing the finish line later. Um, and so, you know, at that point, we could just pray and, and just hope for the best. You know what I mean? And so a lot, a lot of that can be related to our walk with God, you know, um, which later I'll relate to. I know, I know I haven't shared any scriptures. You guys are like, is this a spiritual talk or is this a, are you just, or are you just sharing, right? I know y'all thinking that. I know y'all thinking that. So, uh, so, so, so there were points. There, there were points in the race where, literally, I was walking, looking on the ground, just putting one foot in front of the other because it was so difficult. Like I was like, man, when is this race gonna end? And and the worst thing is that we've already done one lap, so we know what's coming up, and so we had to do it again. And that was the part that was really hard. Uh, so fast forward all of that, you know, we, we, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed, and we, we get to the end. And, you know, I was expecting the race to be about 8 to 10 hours. You know, I was expecting more like 8 hours. Oh, yeah, we're good. But we, it took us 11 hours and 12 minutes to finish the race. And so we started at 6 o'clock. We didn't finish till like 3. 
And so we, we were, it was, that didn't make any sense. So we finished, we finished at five, sorry. We finished at five, yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can tell time. Um, so, so, so why am I, go ahead and go to the next slide. So why am I sharing this story? Well, number one, you know, we weren't able to do this race overnight. Like it wasn't an overnight thing. Like we weren't able to just wake up and be like, yo, we can do 26 miles and 60 obstacles and be out there all day. It's something that, it, it took time. It took a, a combination of everything I've ever done in my life in order to do this race. You know, it's one step at a time, one small victory at a time getting to this place, you know. Um, when I signed up for it, we weren't sure we could finish it. Like, I was like, Gabe, hey, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, bro, let's do it. And then we signed up, we were like, oh, what did we sign up for? This is horrible, you know. And uh, number number three, I found someone to, to join in the journey with me. I, I, you know, for sure, if I did it by myself, I think I would have gave up, for sure. Like, if you just signed me up and then said, hey, do this trek by yourself, I would have been like, halfway through, I'd have been like, no, nah, I'm done. You know what I mean? And so, and so go ahead and go to the next slide. So physical fitness takes discipline, right? It takes a lot of discipline. And it starts with being consistent. It's, it's really similar to being a disciple. You know, you don't just wake up, get baptized, and you're a great disciple all of a sudden, right? You, you have to get into the word regularly. You have to stay consistent with it, right? And so that scripture is talking about the Bereans. It talks about, you know, where we get in the word every day and, and really, really take, take from the word and really learn from the word and really grow from that. You know what I mean? So, so, it, so, so you're not going to become an awesome athlete. You're not going to be physically fit overnight. You know, it's, it's something that you have to consistently do. You know, number two, the race, it took a lot of faith. You know, and, and it takes a lot of faith to push yourself past your limits. Because, uh, I don't know, afterwards you can ask Gabe, but you can talk to Gabe and be like, hey, Gabe, were you pushed to your physical limit? And he would just probably just nod his head yes. Right? And so it takes a lot of faith. And, and, to, and sometimes... Sometimes what you hope for, you're like, man, I, I, don't, I don't think I can accomplish that. But it takes faith knowing that you can do these small steps. You can take small steps that will eventually be bigger steps and then accomplishments that you'll be like, man, this, this, I can do awesome things. And then number three, it's, it's almost impossible to do it alone, right? Being a disciple, it's, it's, we're not, there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian, correct? Right, yeah? And so we need others to encourage us. We need others to push us. We need others to just help us when it's, times are hard, when we feel like giving up. When we were there, Gabe, Gabe encouraged me at the beginning. I encouraged him at the end. Like, we, we worked together. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't finish. And if it weren't for me, I believe we wouldn't finish either. You know, so go ahead and go to the next slide. So some, some practicals to take away. All right, so number one, I said start. Start doing something, right? So what do I mean by that? Like do anything. Like if you can't, if you can do a push-up, do a push-up, right? If, if you can do a pull-up, do a pull-up, you know, and, and just build on from there. If you can only walk a mile, walk a mile, you know, and you have to start somewhere. Don't, don't make yourself feel overwhelmed just because you, you want to accomplish this, this feat, right? And you're comparing yourself with others or, or whatnot and, and like Emily said, distilling your joy by comparing yourself with other people. Like, oh, I'm not 
I'm not in shape like Ron, so I'm not going to try to do that. That's just him, you know. But it's important to, to, to be fit so that we can live long, prosperous lives as well as enjoy what God's given us here to enjoy, right? And then so do that something and do it consistently. Consistency is like the, the biggest thing. Like for you being a disciple, right, so you read your Bible, we read it every day, or at least we should read it every day, right? And it's, and it's being consistent in it. And so if we're consistent in it, in the end, we're like, oh, man, how did I get here? This is awesome. Same thing with physical fitness. You know, if, if, if you're able to just do whatever you can consistently, you're going to continue to grow. Your body's amazing. God has created us amazing bodies, and we can do crazy things um, that we can't even imagine. You know what I mean? We can push ourselves to new limits. Um, establish challenging goals, even if it's a little hopeful, right? So there was a few people that for the Spartan run, they were like, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. But we trained for it, and we got through it. All of us finished together, you know. And so it, it was that very helpful just to have a goal. When you sign up for something, you're like, man, I got to work out now. You know, I can't, I can't skip a day. You know, Gabe, said, Gabe told me, you know, to mention win the day, right. So that means do what you can today to help you for tomorrow, right. And so the last part is find people to join you in accomplishing your goals. So in the same way, have someone that's going to keep you accountable. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. So every step counts. See, y'all see those walking sticks? Yeah, we, we wanted to keep them even though we didn't need them anymore because we wanted to give them credit because, you know, the walking sticks deserve credit. All right. And so literally, literally every step counts. So sometimes you think, oh, man, I'm not going to do this today because I don't see how it's going to contribute to the bigger picture. Right. And so if you continue to, to, to think that way where, where every step counts, eventually you'll get to a point where, you man, like, you look back two years from now and you're like, man, look how far I've come. Look how far God has taken me, right? And so I'll, 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 leave, you, I'll leave you with this. So, so for, for me, sometimes showing up to the gym is a victory. No matter what I do at the gym, just showing up at the gym is a victory, all right? And so... And so in the same way, for you to accomplish these goals, like, just, just get up and, and force yourself to do it. Like, doing something is better than doing nothing, right? And so I, I'm going to leave you with this, with this scripture. Uh, I, I, don't have a, I don't have a slide for it, so I'm sorry, AV people. Uh, it's going to be in Romans 5, verse 3 and 4. It says, not only so... But we also glory in the sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And the reason why I mentioned this scripture is in becoming physically fit, it takes a lot of suffering in the body. And in a lot of, in a lot of ways, suffering in the body is going to produce these things. And, and, and when you build your character in this area, it's going to keep you strong as a disciple as, as it's, a, it's a mental thing. Because for me, like... Being physically fit has allowed me to be a disciple for as long as I am going through the things that I've gone through. And so it kind of just kind of translates in all areas of my life. And so if you're able to have that mindset where you can persevere through anything as far as physically, then mentally you can push yourself through things that God allows you to go through to, in order to glorify him. Thank you for your time.